let's get started. All right, so first, introduce yourself to us and give us kind of that snippet of who you are. That 30-second pitch of not a business, but of Tim Joyner. Who is this guy and what is he about? So I'm Tim Joyner. I am a husband. I'm a father. I'm a Christian. I'm a serial entrepreneur. I'm an investor. I'm a coach. I'm a public speaker. I'm a lot of things. Um, probably the, the one thing that ties all that together, though, is growth. I love seeing people and organizations grow. I love seeing people grow personally, professionally. I love seeing their organizations, their companies grow. And um, that's really the, the thing that gets me up in the morning is an opportunity to help somebody grow. Now, I have had lots of conversations with people who, if I ask them that question, they say they work here yeah. or they work there. But you gave me a laundry list of all these things of who you are, not necessarily just what you do or who you work for or something like that. So how does someone go from, at some point, I'm assuming I could have asked you that question. You would have said, I'm a third grader. And that's yeah. all you would have said. <laughs> so how did we add all those other things? And what was kind of a little bit of the process or the timeline to like, oh, I'm all of these things. Yeah, that's that's a, probably a long answer. I'll try to give you the short version. So I, there are a couple major turning points. So my dad was self-employed. He had... Um, coin-operated laundry equipment that he put in apartment buildings and and split the proceeds with the building owners. He had laundromats. He had uh, a couple of dry cleaners. He had um, apartment homes. He, he was an entrepreneur. And so my whole life, it was sort of a given for me. It wasn't that he forced me into it or anything. It was just like, that's all I knew. And I just always assumed that I would be self-employed. And dad, for the most part, I mean, he had some employees at the, at the dry cleaners or whatever, but basically dad was self-employed. And so that was just what I always assumed I would be. I'd be self-employed. And then in grad school, I, I got my MBA and there was a, a professor that used to be the CFO at Dr. Pepper. And among other things, he had us do this semester long project. We were supposed to raise, I don't remember the details. I'll probably get them wrong, but something like $10 million for, we were going to go on a road show, a mock road show and raise $10 million to build some new company or to start something new. And we had to come up with the business plan and the marketing plan and the financials and whatever. And I had never thought about a $10 million company in my life. I was just going to create a job for myself. And I realized that semester that, you know, being self-employed is a lot of stress. It, it's a lot of long hours. It's, it's hard work. It's very rewarding. Don't get me wrong, but it's, it's not easy. Right. And I realized that semester that building something much larger than just a job for myself was actually not any more risky, not any more stressful, not any harder work than just creating, like, why wouldn't I create a bunch of jobs? Why wouldn't I create something much bigger than myself that would create value for a lot of people? Why wouldn't I just do that? Like, it's the same amount of work and the payoffs are a lot bigger, not just financially, but in every way. And so that was kind of the first turning point was like, maybe I'm going to build something bigger than me. Um, and then as time went on, I really caught the vision not just to build one company, but to build a family of companies that would work together synergistically. And I could go on and on about that. But at this point, I don't view any one particular product or service or one company as the thing. 
it's like this portfolio of companies and opportunities are really all working together. And, and I work sort of to tie all these things together. It's a lot more fun. It's a lot more rewarding. I make a bigger impact in the world and hopefully create value for a lot more people that way. So let's take it back to you and dad back in the day. Give us a little bit more of a picture of where you grew up and what was was mom in the picture? Did mom think yeah. you both are crazy? What yeah. was she doing? And she was over here like putting the starch on the shirts or yeah, whatever. Yeah, so yeah. tell us more about your family and how you grew up and then we'll move back into your companies. Yeah. So both of my parents are um, probably entrepreneurial by most standards, though, you know, mom's value was created predominantly in the home and dad's was predominantly out, but but it wasn't a hard and fast line. So first of all, I was homeschooled. So my mom... K through 12, I had one teacher, mom. Um, I, I probably shouldn't say this on camera, but like if you're ever trying to hack me and one of the questions is like, who is your favorite teacher? You only got one to choose from, right? <laughs> right. Um, so anyway, um, I, I I spent, consequently, because I was homeschooled, I spent a, a lot of my time with my dad. So like 10 hours a day growing up, I was with my dad. So I learned how to fix toilets and how to install ceiling fans and how to repair you know, a set of steps that was falling down and how to like all, all these practical skills, but also business and customer service. Like I spent a ton of time with my dad, um, mom too, of course. And so I learned a lot from them and, and that's what growing up was like. Like I had from the time I was, I don't know, my dad, I was probably like four or five years old when my dad put me to work painting closets. So he had apartments and, and you can't mess up too bad in a closet. Right. So as a five-year-old, you can paint a closet. And so he put me to work painting a closet. And then it wasn't just like he'd give me an allowance or, you know, put food on my table, though that would have been fair. Um, he, he would like teach me how to create an invoice. And so I remember like, I don't know, as early as I could write, I'd make invoices with crayon, literally with crayons. It'd be like, you know, painted two closets, 50 cents or whatever it was. And I'd turn in this invoice to my dad and he'd give me my 50 cents for whatever it was. Um, so he was teaching me those businesses. So by the time I was old enough to push a lawnmower, like I was out mowing the neighbor's lawns and then it wasn't long before I saved up my money and I bought a riding tractor, riding lawnmower because I could mow more lawns that way. And I had this, before I had a driver's license, I'd drive all over town with this little cart. I hired my friends and I, we'd be mowing lawns and then I got into buying and selling computers and then I, the story could go on for a long time, but it was, my parents were both hugely influential in both teaching me those things and giving me the opportunities, the time and the flexibility and sometimes the transportation and, um, you know, all, all kinds of stuff. I don't know if that answers the question. Of course I it does. No, it's totally fine. So tell us about your companies over the course of your adult life. What type of businesses have you been in and what have you been doing? Yeah. So most of, I, I go back to growth, right? Everything that I've done has been some way connected to growth, but the most obvious manifestation of that has been in marketing and advertising. So I've done a lot in marketing and advertising. I've owned a couple of agencies, web design and development, branding, digital marketing, all that kind of stuff. Um, I've done, been involved in a couple of organizations that do like consulting and business coaching, executive coaching, which is super fun because you get to help people grow in a very direct and tangible way. Um, I've recently started a men's shoe company. So we're manufacturing shoes in Brazil and bringing them to the States. I do that with a partner that knows way more about shoes and manufacturing than I do, but I'm learning a bunch and having a lot of fun with it. Uh, I'm involved in a software development company. And so I, real estate I've been in for a long time. I learned that from my dad and have really done that for 15 or 20 years. So 
the 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 smattering of companies I've either owned or in some way been involved with is is pretty broad. But I would say marketing, advertising, consulting are the big ones. Real estate is probably in the second position. Software. Now I'm getting into e-commerce and retail. There's a handful of other things too, but those are the big ones. And tell us about your family now. Yeah. So um, my wife and I have been married for about 16 years. We have three kids, um, one of whom we adopted when he was seven. He's now 15. And then we've got a six-year-old and a four-year-old. Um, so busy times in my house, never a dull moment. Um, but as I mentioned earlier, I think, you know, out of all the titles I had, I've had, dad's my favorite. So when you are considering running an operation that you are, what are the things that you're looking for to kind of... What, the, what type of systems around you, the community you live in, the people that you partner with, or the uh, cultural environment of your community? Like what type of things are working in your favor? And how do, how does one know whether or not they get, they're like ready for this type of work? Oh, man, what a loaded question. So, you know, it's easy for me to take a lot of that for granted because, I number one, I've had a lot of opportunity and God's blessed me with amazing opportunity and resources that not everybody has. Um, but it's easy for me to take a lot of that for granted because I've experienced it for so long and built it up over so long that it's just sort of like the air that I breathe now. But um, so one of the big concepts that I've latched onto recently is who, not how. Dan Sullivan has a book out by that title. It's great. You should read it. Um, who, not how. In the early stages of any entrepreneur's career or business, any business owner, really any resourceful get it done kind of person most of i mean you're that way i'm that way probably most of the people watching this are that way our temptation we're we're multi-talented people right we're smart we're resourceful we get stuff done and so when we see a new opportunity or we've got a problem to solve the temptation is like okay how am i going to fix that how am i going to seize that opportunity how am i going to learn that skill or whatever but increasingly as we mature and we get busier and frankly more successful the question needs to shift from how to who. So who already knows how to do that? Who already is an expert at that? Who knows more than I do about that? So there's a roundabout way to answer your question, but I think what do I look for? What 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 are the ingredients for success? For me at this point is I, I still want to grow and learn. Don't get me wrong. I, that's why we're doing this. I'm learning about how to communicate in mass. I'm learning from you. Um, I'm not really super comfortable being on camera, right? I'm learning stuff. But increasingly, if it's if it's like um, a new skill that I don't know anything about, I'm going to find the who rather than the how. So what do I look for? I look for experts that really know what they're doing that I can either hire or partner with or subcontract or something. So I've got a great assistant that you know, runs my life. I've got great coaches. You're among them teaching me about social media and about video and audio and how, how to communicate and tell stories in a way that connects with people and, and helps get a message across that hopefully is a little more interesting than I could do on my, on my own. Um, so coaches, advisors, partners, employees, increasingly, I want people that are better than me at all those areas. And I can just be like, you know, the quarterback that coordinates all of them. And, and so I don't know if that answers your question, but what I look for in any new opportunity is, are there people that can help me succeed that I can work with? 
Um, and if so, the actual details of the business don't matter a whole lot. Like, is it is it scalable? Can it grow? Right. I don't want to go into the auto mechanic business, for example. Right. Number one, I don't know anything about fixing cars. But number two, like the only way to succeed is to trade more hours for dollars or, or dollars for hours. Right. And I can't not saying that's a bad business. If you're an auto mechanic, go be the best auto mechanic you can be. But that isn't scalable for me. But say software. Right. I put a lot of money and effort into building this software, but now my marginal cost of delivery to sell another copy of software is like very little. So it can scale, like it can grow. So um so as long as the business is scalable, it doesn't matter if it's software, if it's some sort of online education, if it's some sort of a service, if it's some sort of a product, if it's shoes, like the if they're a good people and it's a good business model, like it doesn't really matter what the actual subject of the business is. How would you define success then? You mentioned the word success. Yeah. And in business, it's almost a buzzword, but it's undefinable between people. Yeah. So how do you say success is manifested in your life? How do you know if something is a success? Uh, you know, how do you judge that? Yeah. Wow. What a big question. Kind of philosophical for this early in the morning. <laughs> um, so I think... Success is different for everybody. Success for me is is reaching an objective or reaching a goal, right? And so you've got to define your own goals. I've got to define my my own goals. For me, I don't have like money for me is not a super big motivator. It it's a fun way of keeping score. Like I want to make more money than I did last year. And like it's it's fun to say, oh, I'm I'm winning the game. Like I've got more points, right? I've I've collected some dollars. Um, but it's not that money is intrinsically that exciting to me. Um, it's not that fame or, you know, influence or a certain number of followers on Instagram or whatever, like those, those things are not success for me, but growth is success for me. So I, I never want to stagnate. I never want to plateau. Somebody said you're either growing or you're dying. I want to be solidly on the growing side of that equation. Right. So, um, so for me, success is growing. I want every year to be bigger than last year. I want every business to be more successful than the last. And by success, I mean, number of people impacted. I mean, employees benefited. I mean, certainly dollars in my pocket. Um, but success for me personally is basically, I want every day to be a little bit better than the day before. How would you define your personality if you're talking about yourself to someone? There are a lot of type A people out there or, you know, I'm am a jack of all trades, so I don't know what I could be good at. So um, or, hey, I don't have the right partners in my life, including a spouse or something like that. So how do you define yourself? How do you talk about your personality? You've been successful in business to a point and you're still growing. But is it because of who God made you to be or, you know, I've learned some things or I've tried to not always be myself because I'm. I'd be happy riding around on that lawnmower back yeah, right. in, back on the ranch and just yeah. doing the doing the neighbor's yards, you know. Yeah, yeah. So first of all, I break all the rules when it comes to like entrepreneurship, business ownership. I, I don't fit any of the stereotypes, right? You're supposed to be like on disc if you're familiar with that. You're, you're like a D or a DI, right? You're this type A, go get them, you're in charge. Um, I'm an SC on disc. I'm an INTJ in Myers-Briggs, if that means anything to you. I'm, so I'm, first of all, I'm heavily introverted, believe it or not. I draw energy from being by myself. I'd be perfectly happy to like go into an office and shut the door and, and like think and work all day and never see a person like that's, that's my natural bent. doesn't mean that I don't like people. It's just that 
like like walking into a room full of people and sticking out my hand and say, hey, I'm Tim, what's your name or what do you do for like, that's anathema to me. That's very difficult. Um, so a lot of the stereotypical profiles, I, I break all those rules. Um, but I do have, you ask, like, do I, do I have to adopt a persona or whatever? And the answer is yes, especially in a, in a networking environment or meeting new people. Uh, I've got a whole routine I go through, like, I, you can edit this out later if it's irrelevant, <laughs> but the whole routine, like if I'm, if I'm walking into a networking event, number one, I'm very uncomfortable, not my favorite thing to do. Um, so I've got three or four things I do. I sit out in my car and I say, first of all, look, Tim, you may be an introvert. You may hate this kind of thing, but you can act. So for the next X number of minutes, you're going to adopt a persona. You're just going to be an actor in a play. It doesn't mean I'm going to be fake. It just means I'm going to adopt a different personality and I'm going to act as if it's the most natural thing in the world to walk in and stick out my hand and say, Hey, my name's Tim. You know, what do you do for a living? I'm just going to act like that's normal. Um, and, and, and I'm going to pretend to be this super outgoing, friendly, extroverted person. I can, I can act. The second thing is I'm reminding myself that there are a whole lot of other introverts in that room. And there's probably somebody standing in a corner that is just hoping that somebody comes up and, and like breaks the ice. So I'm going to be that person for that. I'm going to be that guy for that other person. Right. Um, number three is there are a whole lot of really interesting people in there that I can learn from. And like, this isn't just an ordeal to be gotten through. Like there's that I'm going to learn something. I'm going to meet somebody interesting. I'm going to get an idea. I'm going to, so, so there is value. And then number four is, and this is critical for me, I give myself an objective. So I say, you know, depending on the event and how long it is and whatever, I say, I'm going to have three meaningful conversations and then I give myself permission to leave. Right. So if I don't do that, here's what happens. I walk in and I like look around the room and I see somebody I know. So I go over and I talk to them for a little bit, which is great. I mean, it's, but that's not the purpose of the event, right? I already knew that person. Right. Um, and then I'm like, you know, I think I need to use the bathroom. So I go find the bathroom and then I come back and I get a drink of water and I kind of make a lap around the room. And then I'm like, you know, I think I'm going to use the bathroom again. And I go to the bathroom <laughs> and, and then I make another lap around the room. And then, and before you know it, I've been miserable for an hour and I haven't talked to anybody. I haven't got, so now I say, all right, I'm going to talk to three people have meaningful conversations. So I go in, man, I'm on a mission. I go up, I find the first person. I talk to them. I ask them a lot of questions. I find out what they do for a living. I find out if there are ways I can help them. Like I get my meaningful conversation and I go talk to somebody and man, maybe I'm done in 30 minutes. And if so, I hit the road. Like I'm out of there. I've accomplished my mission. I hopefully have added value to three people or whatever the number is. I've right. got some business cards exchanged, but man, I'm a lot more valuable to myself and to other people when I go in with that mentality. And so I check off my boxes and I go home and I can be my introverted self with my family. So anyway, long answer, but that's how I deal with, like, I, I challenge my natural inclinations in order to create more value for other people and for myself. Okay. I love it. Well, um, a lot of success in folks' life, the cliches are, it's all about the people that you meet and the books that you read. Yeah. So we talked a little bit about meeting people and how 
awkward it is for me to think about you in your car outside. And here's the four things I have to get myself hyped for. <laughs> uh, so that's funny. That's funny. Yeah, you but don't have to do that. I do. Sure. I do not have to do that. No, no. <laughs> but uh, I represent a portion of the population, but you represent a portion of yeah. the population as well. Uh, so the second part is books. Tell us about yeah. some of the things that have helped you challenge your thinking, but other people have left for us to read and to contemplate on. So I try to read a lot of different stuff. I find that really successful people drag and drop from one domain or one subject area to another, and sort of the cross-pollination of ideas is really valuable to me. So I don't read as widely as I would like to, but I, but I try to. So this is going to be kind of a, an all-over list, and I'm sure I'll think of more as you know in future sure. conversations. But I already mentioned Who Not How from Dan Sullivan. Super thought-provoking for me. Um, but I read, I read, I don't even know where to start. Like most influential books. I just finished last night a book called The Price of Tomorrow, which was super thought provoking. It, it's, it's part economic theory. It's part history. It's part, um, persuasion and how people think, but he gets into game theory he gets into international politics. He it, it's it's he's a brilliant guy. He must be like a polymath or something. He thinks about all these different things deeply, but ties it all together. And he's basically trying to see around corners. And his argument is that the world of tomorrow is going to be very different from the world of yesterday. And if you're not prepared for those changes, you, you know the world's going to pass you by. And so he's talking about how technology and artificial intelligence and machine learning and um, cryptocurrencies, all kinds of things are going to radically change. And, and they're, they're, there's enormous opportunity if you can recognize those changes. And so anyway, Price of Tomorrow, it was really thought-provoking. I just finished that. Um, another book that has really changed a lot about how I think and work and act is called um, The Power of Full Engagement. So The Power of Full Engagement is about how do you manage not just your time? Everybody talks about time management, but this is like energy management. How do you manage your energy, your focus, your attention, your productivity? Um, how do you be effective, not just efficient, but how can you be effective um, personally and organizationally? And so it talks about things like diet and exercise, but also scheduling and how you organize your day. And it, these authors have worked most of their careers with with like really elite athletes, like Olympians, helping them not with the not with the athletic side, but like the mental side. How do I how do I fully engage and get peak performance out of my brain and my attitude and my focus and and my body too? Um, and then they've shifted toward working with like high profile executives, uh, and then they've written this book that you know anybody can read. So I'm rambling again, but I I think the powerful engagement who not how are both very different books that have gone a long way. There's a whole bunch of business books that have all good to great comes to mind. Um, the whole idea of the bus and getting the right people on the bus and then figuring out which way the bus should go. Uh, level five leadership. There's a lot of good stuff in there that has impacted me quite a bit. Um, I think of like the e-myth by Michael Gerber, central concept there of how to systematize a business. You've got to have systems, systems rule the world, checklist and processes and things. Um, he's the guy that, that talked about not working in your business, but working on your business. Um, 
Then I took that to another level with uh, Roland Frazier, who says, don't work in your business or on your business, work above your businesses. So that's another conversation for another day. But um, anyway, E-Myth, good to great, powerful engagement, who not how, those are the top. But I mean, I could go on and on and on with 50 books that have all changed my thinking on things, but but there's a good place to get started. So here are some questions I want to ask about some scenarios. Um, the and those scenarios, some of which are in some of these books because you've referenced them to me before. So I'll ask one that is, what has to happen between now and 10 years from now? So we just hit the beginning of 22. So in 32, mm-hmm. what has to happen between now and then for you to tell me, J-Do, man, my life is great? Yeah. Uh, yeah, that's a, a variation on the Dan Sullivan question, right? Mm-hmm. So... Um, I mean, lots of different domains, right? So I sure, have, yeah. I, I could talk about my family, right? I want my kids to be happy and healthy and successful. I want them to love God and love other people and be independent. You know, it, it, in 10 years, my littlest will only be 14, so she won't be independent yet. But my oldest is going to be 25, so hopefully independent and and a contributing member not just of society but of the kingdom of god like here's somebody who loves god and loves others and is creating value in the world both for now and and for eternity um so um you know i want strong relationships with my kids with my wife with my friends um i want to have good health i want to be in better health i'm in great health now i want to be in better health then um in terms of businesses i've got lots of specific goals about revenue and number of employees and number of businesses and um, I want to give away a certain amount of money. I, there, I've got lots and lots of goals yeah, for 10 yeah. years. But in general, I think if I were to really simplify it, I want strong relationships. Um, I want successful businesses. I want growth, both for me personally. I want to be a much better entrepreneur. I want to be a much better husband. I want to be a much better father. I want to be a much better coach and mentor and advisor and uh, all, all kinds. Um, so I want to grow and my organizations to grow. Um, and I want to be living at the intersection of what I'm good at and what I love to do. Mm-hmm. Uh, strategic coach calls this unique ability, sort of this, what are you really good at? What did God gift you to do and be? Um, what do you have increasing energy for? You can do it all day and still love it. And you're always getting better at it, right? The combination of what you love to do and what you're really good at. I want to spend all of my time there surrounded by a team of people who have different unique abilities they love to do and are good at other things and we all work in our unique ability teamwork and and two plus two equals not four but five or or 50 right and and uh, that's so in simple terms strong relationships growth and live in my unique ability doing what i love and what i'm good at creating a lot of value for people in the world and i think the rest will take care of itself okay well, uh, let's go back to another business coach and strategist who helped me think about a lot of things, Jim Rohn. I'm sure you've heard and heard of him sure. and heard him many times. So let's think back. And if I asked him out of maybe the top five or so things that you've done already in life that you've accomplished, give me one or two that you're most proud of. Now, let's look in the rearview mirror. Let's find something. You know what? I'm most proud of these accomplishments yeah. in the past? Oh, man. Um, so what am I most proud of? 
Did you get first place in anything? You get the blue ribbon? What was it that you feel that you've achieved somewhere? You may be proud to be an American, and that's great, but you didn't achieve anything there. So yeah. what's something that you grasp onto and said, you know, this is a very defining moment. I'm proud yeah. that I went through this. I am him, or I did this, or finished. Yeah, so I have I've won various awards, like, 30 most influential people under 30 or, you know, fastest growing business or, um, you know, who's who type type stuff. Um, individually and some of the businesses that I've owned have, have earned those kinds of rewards. And those are always, I mean, they're nice, but I don't, I don't really live to win awards. I think Honestly, some of the things that I'm proudest of are the people that I've worked with when, you know, in many cases have gone on to other jobs. They, maybe they've been my employees or, or clients for that matter. Um, but a lot of them have come back to me to say, wow, Tim, the things I learned from you have set, have like changed the course of my life. And, um, for example, I've, for years in several companies that I've owned or run, uh, I've done a series called Jedi Training, which uh, Lucas is going to sue me someday, maybe for patent infringement or whatever. But mm-hmm. but I call it Jedi Training, and it's basically like professional development for the whole team. And we talk about not super technical things, but but big important things like communication and how to create great client experiences and the difference between efficiency and effectiveness and the stuff like the powerful engagement, all kinds of like pouring into my people to try to help them grow as individuals. And so many people have come back to me and said, wow, you know, that series like changed my life or that was so valuable. I learned so much from you. So I've, I've achieved lots of things, you know, bank account balances and business exits or acquisitions, um, won various awards. I mean, I had a company that grew between 30 and a hundred percent every year for five years. Like that's not normal. That's, that's pretty cool. Um, you double your revenue in a year and then the next year you grow up by 70% and then maybe we had an off year. We only grew by 30%, you know, oh man, crummy year. We grew by 30%, right? Uh, and then back to a hundred percent. Like, I, so certainly there are, but none of those things really are super exciting. Like it's cool. Like it's a, it's a score. Like, okay, I won this year. Um, but seeing people and especially people grow, I think that's probably what I'm most proud of. Okay. Um, why social media? You hit me up a couple of months ago. Well, it first started, I saw one of your emails, and it took me a couple of weeks. You're talking about your um, polished shoe brand. Yeah. And you said, hey, I need to get back in connection with some of my people, Yeah. at least in this email inbox. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, hey, I'm doing a new thing you may not know. Yeah. Grab a code, grab a pair of shoes, grab a belt, grab a w- wallet. Um, and uh, I hit you up and yeah. uh, you said, let's do lunch or something in there too. And I said, sure, yeah. let's do that. But then halfway through our conversation, you hit me with the next opportunity for you and your growth. Yeah. Not something I was looking for. I was catching back up with my buddy, Tim. It'd been yeah. a couple years or whatever. And uh, you said, you know what? It's now time to seek a new metric to yeah. to run after. Yeah. Why? Like, yeah. well, you're doing great, I guess, you know, uh, maybe you're just bored. I don't know. But why, <laughs> why social media? Why are we doing this? Yeah. So I have long admired people. Y- you are amazing at connecting with people. If I can put it this way. You connect with people at scale. 
right? Like I walk through downtown Greenville with you and you can't go like 10 steps without somebody <laughs> walking up to you and say, Hey, Jay, do you, right? You know, they want, um, and, and you have in some way, in some t- in some cases, really big ways and in other cases, maybe small ways, but you have impacted their lives. You've created value for them. Maybe you've just entertained them, but maybe you've taught them. Maybe you've helped them. Maybe they, um, you connect with people at scale, even through a camera lens. You're really good at that. Um, lots of people are much better at that than I am. And that's something that I admire and I want to learn because there's only so many hours in the day to have, right? It's, it's uh, what, 10 o'clock in the morning. Um, you're my third meeting for the day. I've had two coffee meetings so far and that's great. And they were both fun. And I think I added value to both of them. I hope, I think if you ask them, you'd say, was that, was that valuable? I think they'd say yes, but that was two people. Right. But by this time in the morning, maybe you've (laughs) talked to 10,000 people. I don't know, but you, you've impacted a lot more people. So I want to learn how to tell stories. I don't mean fictional stories. I mean, how to deliver information in a way that is interesting and compelling and digestible and memorable and useful to people. And I want to be able to do that at scale. So I think, I think the future belongs to people that can tell stories and, and can communicate at scale. And I've gotten relatively good at one-on-one communication, but I don't really know how to do it at scale yet. So I hope to learn from you and social is just a way to take what I've learned and what I've been given, some of these advantages and resources that I talked of earlier and relationships and people that have poured into me, I want to take all that and be able to export it, not just one-on-one, but at scale. Um, I think I think I'll create a lot of value for other people and probably along the way, I'll find new opportunities for myself too. All right. So let's wrap it up for the people who might be enjoying our conversation yeah. and getting to know Tim at the beginning of 2022. The question now is, what is the goal for the things that we're doing. We came up with somewhat of a plan, but you said, hey, it's not about revenue and dollars today. I've got some ideas, and you've got some ideas, I bet, and we'll come up with them together. But at the beginning, we're just going to go for it. So help everybody understand what we're doing and how we've started the first several days of January. Yeah. Yeah, so you're right. Um, I don't have a particular goal. Like, First of all, I'm not selling anything, right? I don't have anything. I don't really have anything to sell other than I guess my expertise and and consulting or whatever. So the immediate goal is is for me to develop some new capabilities. I want to get better at adding value to people at scale through a camera lens, through a microphone, across social media. Um, so I want to develop new capabilities. I, I want to add value to a lot of people in my network and and I want to grow my network and be able to add value and give people useful ideas and and challenge their thinking maybe in some ways. Um, Along the way, I think there'll be opportunities that come up that I don't even know about. Um, But the story of my life has been preparing for opportunity before I knew what it was. Building new skills, building new relationships, um, saving money, um, all, all kinds of ways that I've tried to prepare for opportunity before I knew what it was. And then it's a, an amazing thing. It's like the Chinese proverb or whatever it is, right? When when the student is ready, the teacher will appear. It's like when I'm prepared for opportunity, it just shows up. And opportunity shows up abundantly, but it doesn't show up when you're not. It's not like the opportunity shows up and then you say, okay, I'm going to work for 18 months to get ready. for. Well, by the time you're ready for it, it's gone, right? So you got to prepare first and then the opportunity shows up. So I'm preparing. I'm not sure what for yet, um, but I'm learning and I'm going to create value, I think, for a lot of people. And it's kind of like Zig Ziglar said, you know, you can have anything you want in life as long as you're help, 
willing to help other people get what they want, right? Some, I probably bastardized that quote, but something like that. Um, so I'm going to create value for a lot of people. I, I think the rest will take care of it of itself. And along the way, I'm going to learn things. I'm going to meet people. I'm going to expand my network and the opportunities will show up. So oh. specifically, we're going to post on at least one of my social media channels every day, not necessarily all of them every day. So if you see that it looks like I missed a day, don't you know call me on it because it's probably somewhere else. But we're going to post a lot. Sometimes video, sometimes audio, sometimes a, a, a still with you know some piece of advice or some idea or um, some thought provoking question that somebody's asked me or whatever. But we're going to post a lot. We're going to create a lot of value and see what happens. That's right, ladies and gentlemen. All right, uh, we have heard from Tim Joyner here at the beginning of 2022. We are posting every day, so follow us online. Grow with Tim is where you can find us in most places. And this is across the platforms of TikTok, which we're going to get you dancing in there sooner or later. I don't know. Uh, Instagram, YouTube, Facebook. uh, And we will see how this journey progresses for him and the value he can give to all the rest of us who want to know more about this man and entrepreneur. And if you want to find an easy way to find all those links, go to growwithtim.com and they're all linked there.